Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. Did you know that the Bible says that Christians are members or parts of Christ's own body, of his flesh and of his bones? It is the most startling statement in Ephesians 5 verse 30. It says that Jesus' body, now that he's risen and gone to heaven, is actually us. And it's not just a figurative idea. It says we are his flesh and his bones. In 1 Corinthians 6, when it's talking about the body for food and food for the body and the stomach and all that, it then says our bodies are parts of Christ. We are part of his body, but this is a mystery, a mystical thing. Let me read you the verse from uh, Ephesians 5 verse 30. For we are members or parts of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So he switches then, and he's talking about marriage and humans getting married, a marriage ceremony. We go there and everybody's dressed nicely and the bride and groom are at the front and there's a lot of happiness and celebration. They make their vows to one another. You may not kiss the bride and everyone goes, yay. And it says that is talking about us being part of Christ's body. So he's mixing metaphors here. He says we're part of his body, but we're also his bride. And then the next verse says, this is a great mystery. Amen. It is a great mystery. How can these two things be the same thing? It says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So let me just summarize what he's saying here. He says, we Christians are actually part of Christ's body. The verse before, he says, um, he no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. So just as we look after our own bodies and we feed and exercise and look after ourselves, it says Christ looks after the church because we are his body and because we are his bride. And then it says human marriage is a picture of this mystery, this mystical thing where we are part of his body, but we're still individual humans and it's very hard to understand. And yet we can understand it. God's word is given to us so that we can understand these things. So what I want to look at today is how do I become a part of this mystical thing called God's body? Not just a member of a church. Please, would you throw out those old religious ideas that if my name's on a list, then I'm part of God's body. Or if I was christened or confirmed or whatever, then I'm part of God's body. No, 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 no. We don't want any of those human ideas. We want to know from God's word what he says. How do I become part of God's body? You say, why do I want to become part of God's body? Because, my dear friend, this amazing gift that God has made available to us is that if we become part of his body, my physical body is no longer mine. It's his and he looks after his own body. It says here. Just as I would nourish and cherish and look after my own body, Jesus looks after his body and it's made up of people in the church. So how do I do it? How do I become part of God's body? And he quotes this verse from Genesis chapter 2, where Adam and Eve are brought together for the first time 
and Adam looks at this amazing woman and he says, she is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And then it says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. And it's a, a principle, a picture that runs throughout the Bible. The Bible starts with a wedding and it ends with a wedding. And everywhere in the middle, there are marriage allegories. In the Old Testament, God calls Israel his bride. He says, I saw you, I found you, I picked you up, I cleaned you off, and I made you my bride and I love you. And even if you're unfaithful, I will still look after you. And then Israel turns away from him. But he says there's still going to be a remnant even to the very end. That remnant, all of that remnant of Israel will be saved. Uh, some amazing pictures of this, this marriage. And then Jesus talks about the marriage, um, supper of the Lamb and various other things. And then in Revelation, we see the final celebration with the marriage of the church and Christ. And God says in this verse, it is a mystery, but I'm speaking concerning Christ and the church. And so I want to look at this interplay of how do I become part of the body, the family of Christ. And I'm going to use a couple of other verses as well to just help us understand this amazing principle. So the first thing is that initial marriage. It says there were three parts of it. A man will leave his father and mother. There has to be, if I'm to join in marriage, but also if I'm to join Christ's body, there has to be a leaving. In earthly marriages, there is a leaving of father and mother. Could you imagine how weird it would be if after you got married and you had the big celebration and everybody had the party and then you moved back in with your mom and dad and... Uh, you just carried on as if you were still their child and they were still telling you what to do. That, that just wouldn't work. There has to be a, a breaking where the father hands over the bride in our modern ceremonies and he says, I give this woman to be married to this man. There has to be a, a cutting of a previous relationship. You still love and honor them and, and there, there's still tenderness, but there's a new family that's been formed. And when we come to God, we need to say, Lord, I'm giving away my previous allegiance to myself, to what others think, to what the world tells me, even to what my parents and others think is right. And Lord, you are now the boss. You are now the king of my life. So there's a leaving. And then the second part is a joining. And in our marriage ceremonies, that happens during the vows where they, the husband and wife make vows to one another. I promise to love you, honor you, cherish you in sickness and in health, for richer, for poorer, for better, for worse, until death do us part. When we become Christians, it's very, very similar. The, the reason for the marriage picture in the Bible and God invented marriage, um, the reason for it is because we make what's called a covenant with God. God made the first move. He loved us even when we were far from him, even before we were born. He said, I'm going to die and pay for your sins on the cross so that you can be forgiven and come into relationship with me. That was his marriage proposal. And when we see that and understand it and, and accept it, we say, yes, Lord. And we make promises back to him. We say, Lord, I will love you, honor you, cherish you for better, for worse, whatever happens in sickness and in health until death brings us even closer 
together. And so the second part, there is the first part of leaving. The second part is joining or cleaving, which is a covenant which I make with God. And then the third point part is they become one flesh, which is the practical outworking of it. In a human marriage, that means they sleep together. But there are other workings out in other covenants and especially in our covenant with God. And so I want to just start by emphasizing those three points. You say, how do I know if I'm part of God's family, part of God's body that gets nourished and cherished and looked after by Jesus, that he is so protective over, that is actually a part of his body? You know, there is this amazing uh, reality that I'm not sure we understand. In the Old Testament, God says, I will write your name on my hand, on the palm of my hand. Um, he says, um, I will never let you out of my hand. Nothing will be able to take you out of my hand. There, there are these pictures of God's hand and me. But then if we take it a step further in this verse, I'm actually part of that hand that he's talking about. I'm actually a part of it. I'm in it and I can't be removed and separated from it. So why would I want to be? Because it is so special and precious and because he is committed. Once I'm in his body, he's got me and he loves me and he is a faithful husband and he will look after me and keep me and guide me and protect me and provide for me. So how do I do it? The three parts are I leave. There has to be a, a separating of the past. I join, which means I make promises to God and I say, God, I will forever be yours and be with you. And then I walk it out. Let me just, before I move on, make this very, very practical. In a human marriage, if a person has never left their previous relationships, boyfriends, family relationships, they're not really married. If a person has never really made a commitment to the other person and a covenant and said, I am yours solely and exclusively for the rest of my life, they're not really married. And then if they're not walking it out, if they're not living in intimacy and uh, living together and fellowshipping with one another and sharing with one another, they may say they're married, but it's difficult to call that a real marriage. And you need all three of those for there to be a real marriage. There's the joy of marriage. There's the excitement, the passion, the, the love that's uh, shown, the affection and care. And that is part of a marriage. And so I must ask you, my dear friend, not is your name on a church's list, not are you part of a Christian society or family, not were you christened as a baby, but have you left previous allegiances to make God first? Have you said the words, Lord, I promise I will be yours forever and I love you and I'm committed to you forever. And then is it working itself out on a daily basis? Do you love him? Do you cherish him? Do you want to be with him? Do you speak to him every day? Are you living out your Christian life? Because if you are, even if we are not the best Christians in the world, he says, I'm with you. Even if you are not faithful, even if you slip and slide and are faithless, I will remain faithful, he says, and he will keep looking after you. So the first picture of how do I know if I'm in God's family is the marriage picture. A beautiful illustration. You know, I've often thought of this regarding worship. 
we sing worship songs to God, and that is a way of us expressing our love to God in that intimate relationship of a husband and wife relationship. It's our way of telling God we love Him and, and really opening our hearts to Him and our worship. And I'm so sad whenever I'm in an environment where the words are beautiful, but the people's hearts are cold and they're bored and they're uninterested. And it hurts me because I feel like it's, it's like a husband and wife where the, the one spouse may say the words, I love you, you're special to me, you're precious, but actually they're not interested. There's no passion, there's no engagement, there's no reality. And I feel like that must hurt God's heart. And one of the ways I can tell if a person is part of this relationship is in their worship, if they are genuine in their worship, if they really mean the words they say, if they're focused on God. And it can show in their voice, in their face, in their body actions, and also in the way they live out their lives. You can tell if a person really loves Jesus. And I must challenge you and, and, and invite you into this brilliant relationship of love and worship with God, not just formal, um, boring, repetitive rituals, but real daily engagement with Christ. That's how we know we are a part of His body. And now I just want to show you two more passages that I believe are, are so helpful. The first is Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16. It says, from him, the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, there's a lot in that verse, but what it's saying is that if I am part of God's body, his bride, his family, then I will be closely interrelated with other Christians and we will be joined together. We will be actively doing things for God towards each other and towards others. And there will be this, this movement of energy. There's a, a supply that comes from the joints. Listen to what he says. It says, from Jesus, the whole body joined and knit together. Joined and knit together. I've got to be with other Christians. I've got to know that this is my church family. And they've got to know that I'm part of that family. That's why um, churches try to have lists of membership. It's not to have a list. It's not an administrative function. It's to say, let's join together. Let's know who is with us so that we can supply to them. They can supply to us. And together we can work on this mission together. And if you're not in that kind of a fellowship where they know you're part of them and you know their part, then it, it's doubtful that you are really enjoying this relationship of being part of Christ's body that he nourishes and cherishes. It says the whole body join and knit together by what every joint supplies. Every joint of me and another Christian supplies something, a supernatural energy and power. I benefit from their gifts that they use for the Lord, but that love and there's a, a Holy Spirit uh, power that is released when I'm with other Christians. Many of us have had to be in smaller meetings or no meetings because of the pandemic. And when we got together again, the presence of God was extraordinary because when we're together, there is a, a supply that comes from the joints 
of Christians being together. It says when we joined and what every joint supplies, there is effective working by which every part does its share. I'm active. I know if I'm part of a body and a, a family of God, if I'm part of Jesus' body, because I'm doing my share. I'm not just a, a, an audience member. I'm not watching others do the ministry. I'm doing my part. And you have a unique part to play. And then it says it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. There is a growth and a, and a maturing and a building and we're getting stronger in Christ, but also the love of Christ is being expressed amongst us. So can I ask, how are you doing with this? Now, I have met people who've been hurt by church and who say church is not for me. Church is a man-made thing. I want to say to you that these verses that I've read to you today show the church is supposed to be a supernatural thing, Christ's body. And the way we know we're in it is our worship and relationship to him, but also our interrelation with other people. And even though people may have let you down, please don't give up on God's church because Christ has invented it. He designed the church as his way of nourishing and cherishing his body. And we need that power that every joint supplies. There's an amazing verse in 1 John 5 verse 1. I'll read it in the New Living Translation. It says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. Amen. That's how I first know that I'm saved. I believe that Jesus is the Christ. But then it says, and everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. Everyone who loves the Father loves his children. If you don't love other Christians, my dear friend, there is a good chance that you're not part of this body. And we need to learn to love each other of different types. People who are temperaments or characters that we wouldn't normally associate with. We need to learn to get close to them and to enjoy fellowship with them. Right. One more verse, maybe two. Psalm 92 verse 13. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. So we've spoken of a body metaphor, a human body. We've spoken of a husband-wife metaphor. And now we're speaking of a forest or an orchard metaphor where I get planted with other trees, but it's called the house of the Lord. And as I'm planted there, I bear fruit and I'm fresh and flourishing because the life, the sap, the, the life-giving uh, provision of the Lord is flowing into me and through me. And I bear fruit even into my old age. They shall still bear fruit in old age, fresh and flourishing. And I just want to close with a passage from 1 Corinthians that is a little bit surprising, actually. He says in verse 15 of 1 Corinthians 6, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ or parts of Christ's body? That word member means a part, a part of Christ's body. You know, I've used this verse many times when I've been sick and I've spoken to my body and I've said, you are part of Christ's body. Christ's body is not sick. Christ's body was 
crucified on the, on the cross to pay for sickness. And so sickness, I command you to go. I have to be honest, nine times out of 10, it works. There have been times where it hasn't worked. And I don't get phased by that because I know we're in a battle in this world until we get to heaven. But I still believe this verse. I am part of the body of Christ. My body is a member of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. He says, be careful how you use your body. Earlier on, he said that food is for the stomach and the stomach is for food. We understand there's that relationship between food and the stomach. But don't think sex and the body were made for each other because your body was made for Christ. Now, sex is a good thing in marriage and it's part of God's design for us in marriage. But when we elevate it and think sex is the most important thing and I must have it no matter what, then I've misunderstood the purpose of my body is to honor Christ and sex is just a secondary thing. And he says, I mustn't unite myself with lots of people because I've become one flesh and, and it's, a, it's a spiritual problem. He says all other sins that a man commits are outside the, their body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. There, there is an effect on my own body and my own psyche when I sleep with lots of different people. But the, the verse I wanted to get to is verse 17. So he's just said, if you sleep with lots of people, you, you're uniting yourself physically with them. But then he says, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So he's just earlier on said our bodies are part of Christ's body. But now he says, when I'm joined to the Lord, and that's that same word where he says, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they will become one flesh. He says, when you're joined to the Lord, when I've said that covenant promise to God, Lord, I promise to honor you, love you, cherish you for better, for worse until death brings us closer together. When I'm joined to the Lord, he says, I'm not only one body with Christ, but I'm one spirit with him. And this is a mystery. How can my spirit become God's spirit? But I want to tell you the Bible is true. When God looks at you on your outside, he sees your body, but it's covered in Christ. And he says, your body is part of Christ. And on the very middle of you, in your spirit, he looks and he sees Christ's spirit. He sees a pure spirit, a holy spirit. Your spirit has been completely um, taken over by the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You're full of his power. You're full of his righteousness. You're full of his life, his peace, his wisdom, his knowledge, his guidance. Uh, all that God has is in you by the Holy Spirit, and your spirit and his are one. If anyone is joined to the Lord, he is one spirit with him. So we've been talking about being apart. The, the world says that you can't really be part of anything, but God says you can be a part of my body if you separate yourself from certain things. He says separate yourself from immorality. Separate yourself from, from wrong uses of your body and your mind. Uh, leave previous allegiances. Be joined to the Lord and then work it out in your life by loving Him and living for Him. And His power is in you. His righteousness is in you. His love is in you. He's, he's put His Holy Spirit in you and 
He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Nothing will take you out of my hand because you're part of my hand. He is in you. Now, you may say, I don't always feel like this. And the reason for that is that our mind and our emotions have been trained through many years before we knew Christ to, to think of the wrong things and to follow our senses. But God says, trust my word, my, my child. Trust my word. If I say you're part of Christ's body, you're part of Christ's body. If I say your spirit is one with my spirit, it is one. If I say I will never leave you or forsake you, I will never leave you. God has made a covenant with you and he is a covenant keeper. Even if we are faithless, he remains faithful. When we are faithful, we enjoy even more of his blessings. But he is a covenant keeping God. He is committed to you. He loves you. I pray for you, my dear friend. If you don't know Christ yet, just pray with me now. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for proposing marriage to me when you died on the cross. Thank you for paying the price on the cross for my salvation and healing. And thank you, Lord, for making a way for me to be forgiven. I confess my sins and I receive your forgiveness now. And Lord, I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit to give me your power and your life. And I trust you, Lord, that because I have called on your name, you have heard me and you have answered me. And I am now your child in Jesus name. Amen. Now, if that's you, please find a body of believers to interact with and to become joined and knitted with. But now I just want to pray for those who are sick. Lord Jesus, please, would you let your healing power flood out right now to those who are sick and who need healing. I thank you, Lord, that it's your power, not our power. It's your righteousness, not our righteousness. We are part of your body and you have made us well. And so now I declare healing in Jesus name from every affliction, every pain, every sickness, every disease in Jesus name be healed. Please let us know if you've received the Lord or if you've received healing today. And we would love to link up with you at leadinglightsnetwork.com. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.